Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. Today is August 28th, 2021. We're on episode 40 for season two. We are your hosts, Dan and Andy. Hey, Andy, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about yourself? Good. Well, we got we got baseball, football, everything's everything's percolating all at once now. And now we've got high school sports. College and high school sports are taking College off. Coming into the mix. So we're in this perfect storm here. Lots to cover uh, today. We've got uh, NFL just finishing up its third week and final week of preseason. Yes. Um, we have twins, twins baseball, music reviews, concerts, minor league, major league, amateur baseball. Well, it's all coming in hot and heavy. Where would you like to start? Well, we should start with the trivia question. All right. Trivia question for this week. The Twins played the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. And uh, Chris Sale pitched for Boston one of the games. And in one of the innings, he threw nine pitches, struck out three Twins batters, three straight pitches for strikes, strikeout, 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 left the inning, nine pitches, all strikes, struck out the side. The Immaculate Inning. They call that the Immaculate Inning, Andy. And I don't know if our listeners know that or not, but the Immaculate Inning is is, is nine pitches to strike out the side. No dinking around. Um, no waste pitches or anything. Just going after the batters. Now, Chris Sale has done this three times. And the thing is, he just came off the DL. He came off the DL. This is only his third start of the season. And so it's three times in his career he has pitched an immaculate inning. Very rare. Do you know that he tied a major league record in doing so? The question of the day is there's only one other person in major league history that has thrown three immaculate innings in their career. The question is, can you name that pitcher? Okay, I got a couple of guesses. I'll wait till we get to the answer part. We'll finish up the sports. We'll come back with the answer to that. Uh, But in the meantime, Think it over. It's a, it's a great trivia question. Very rare feat. But you can go ahead with your sports side of the segment, Andy. And um, I'll just right. you here. Put that here. Let's do this. That right there. All right, here we go. Canadian Football League. First of all, if we get, I didn't get this picture uploaded. I just was reading it here waiting for everything. In the Canadian Football League the other night, line judge Georgina Paul and headlinesman Tom Serino are making CFL history tonight as they became the first husband and wife team to officiate a game together. I thought, well, that was kind of cool. Uh, Gals refereeing, now refereeing with the husband. I so that's kind of cool. did not know kinda, that. Interesting. Kind of neat there. That could be a trivia question someday down the road. Yeah, see, if, see who remembers. We'll come back to it. Um, last week, like we did, said, we did our show on a Saturday, so we'll recap week three's scores here for the CFL. Edmonton will win over BC, Montreal losing to Calgary, and Toronto and Saskatchewan victorious on the weekend games. Week four so far, they've had you know, Thursday, Friday, and two Saturdays. So the Friday game, Hamilton 27, Montreal 10. You see that there's no score for the Thursday game, Edmonton and Toronto. That's become the Elks came down with the COVID. They had just over a couple dozen guys come down with it. Everything's quarantined and done. 
But uh, if you look at the rules in the Canadian Football League starting this year, they said according to the policy, if a game cannot be scheduled or a game played as scheduled because of COVID issues, and it cannot be rescheduled. Any club suffering from the COVID-19 issues, the club will forfeit the game and be assigned a loss as opponent will be credited with a win of a score of one nothing. They haven't done that yet, so I don't know if they're trying to work on a reschedule for this. Because it says here, if and the game can't be rescheduled. So as of now, it's still up there to be rescheduled. If not, it'll be a one nothing loss form, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So that's their issues going out there for that. So here are with the standings right now: Saskatchewan three and zero again playing this weekend. Winnipeg two and one. There's Edmonton one and two, possibly one and three because of this. So we'll see. And uh, BC and Calgary in the East: Toronto two and one. They might get the the win there. We'll see how that turns out. Ottawa, Hamilton, and Montreal. There was one win each. Like we said, Minnesota High School Football League has started. Um, volleyball has started. Soccer has started. We do not have those scores reported in yet. They are on the high, high school league site to see. There's numerous games going, all spread out throughout the state, but for football, Here's the scores from the other night. Brainerd over Coon Rapids, 21-6 at Brainerd. Uh, Delano over Chisago Lakes by one. And if you, of course, obviously, you all follow us on the Facebook page, our social media. That game was on, quote, unquote, TV. There's an app for high school sports games to be televised. That was one of them. That was a good game to catch last night. Hutchinson went up to St. Cloud Apollo. Um, went up there, took their lunch money, it looks like, 44-6. to six. Becker hosted recording, not very politely, but with a 28-0 win. St. Cloud Tech had Sartell St. Stephen come in, and Sartell was victorious there. So a handful of games. We've got football started, getting back to normal here in the world. Big Ten sports getting going here. Starting off with Gopher Baseball. What? Yes, they have a handful of games they still play here at the end of the year. They uh, have three inner squad scrimmages two at Siebert Field and one later in the week at Target Field. And September 17th, St. Thomas, September 24th, Concordia at Siebert. Then an inner squad squad inter squad scrimmage and then the alumni game October 1st. And usually their first game of the year is usually a game against the Twins at spring training in March. So they'll have that October 1st game, the Pro Alumni game. That should be kind of fun. Go for volleyball. The women's volleyball team, like I said, very good. They always make the, the big run in the tournament every year, so they're fun to watch. Again, uh, they played last night with Baylor. I do not have the results in. Our reporter did not report yet on that. Number 10, Baylor. TCU, again, today now for the Big Ten, Big 12 Challenge. And follow-up Wednesday against number one, Texas. Now be on BTN. So Big Ten Network there. And Florida, so four of the three of the four teams are playing a ranked top ten. Gophers usually make the turn, always make the tournament close to the final four every year. So those should all be good matchups. Teams they want to do. They see you later on the Big Ten Pac-12 challenge. Two more top twenty-five ranked teams there: Stanford and Oregon. So those, unlike football, where you have cupcakes, they dive right in heavy with good competition. Go for football. Thursday, the Ohio State on campus, then Miami of Ohio on campus. They go to Colorado, 
the 18th for a Saturday game. Then homecoming against Bowling Green. Kind of weird to see homecoming against a non-Big Ten team, but that's that. Then October 2nd, they start the Big Ten season at Purdue. Here's the rest of the Big Ten schedule starting up for football in Nebraska and Illinois today. That's on Fox. Thursday, uh, Rutgers hosts Temple. Then Ohio State and Minnesota, we said, for Thursday. Then Friday is Michigan State and Northwestern. Continuing to Saturday the 4th, the rest of the Big Ten schedule. Nebraska hosts Fordham. Uh, Western Michigan, Michigan. Penn State at Wisconsin. Indiana at Iowa. Maryland hosts West Virginia. Purdue and Oregon State. And Illinois against UTSA. There's all those games on Big Ten, FS1, and ESPN. I use follow the Big Ten uh, website, follow your favorite team there, and check the TV schedules. NASCAR, Thursday I did my special uh, for uh, page two about NASCAR's race coming up this weekend. Another shameless plug tonight on Twitter. I will be tweeting during the race. I'm not going to get carried away and say something every 10 laps, but I'm going to do something a little more than just after each, each stage, like on Facebook. So, Follow us on the Twitter, see what I got to say, comment back. That'd be kind of fun. Just a few notes on it. Like I said, it's tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, weather permitting. And there he is, Kurt Busch. He just signed a contract next year to be racing with 23XI Racing, a um, new team who's out this year. Bubba Wallace is their one driver. Uh, 23XI is a team that's owned by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin races number 11, hence the XI. And Jordan the 23, because, well, that's what Jordan wore most of his career. So Kurt Busch will be uh, racing with them next year. So that team is getting some big names. And see how they do. Maybe they'll get guys who win a race now next year. AEW Wrestling. Some pro wrestling segment of the show here. We're kind of in the red, redneck section here with the NASCAR and the Rasslin talk. Uh, CM Punk made his debut this week on AEW. Uh, I saw the hype and you see the... His um, in-ring interview afterwards on YouTube. He's very happy to be back. He looks good. Um, yeah, he's aged. Obviously, who hasn't? But he still physically is in good shape. He's been taking care of himself. Um, he's going to be coming back to a limited schedule, so don't get all excited. But he's going to come back, help work with some of the younger talent. Um, he, they don't need him to put butts in the seats. AEW is doing just fine. So he's purely coming back for love of the sport. And that's what AEW is getting a lot of is guys who love the sport, not just guys who want a paycheck. Speaking of AEW, they are on Wednesday nights on TNT and Friday nights on TNT. But Turner Sports has signed a contract with the NHL, and they start their NHL coverage this year. So keep an eye on your TV schedule. Keep following them on their social medias, and we'll try to keep you updated on ours. Some of those nights, I know they got one coming up in October, is – moved to a Saturday night show because of their contract with the NHL. Just like during the NBA playoffs, just be patient. Things will work out. Life goes on. So just keep an eye on uh, our, our Facebook page, Twitter, um, and also AEW's pages for schedule changes because of this. Impact Wrestling. Um, they do a lot of work with AEW. So when you hear guys have signed with AEW, like Christian Cage, when he signed with AEW, funny, he's got the Impact title now. So he's kind of doing both. Um, it's kind of a nice way to get guys in. Right now it's looking at um, 
Braun Strowman might be signed with Impact, and uh, Murphy might be signed with Impact too. It sounds like uh, just because they're signing there doesn't mean they might not pop up on a pay per view or for Royal Rumble on AEW every now and then. So it'd be kind of fun to watch them hopping back and forth and working with the guys. Major League Baseball news and stuff coming up. Miguel Cabrera, Miggy, got number 500 this year, or this for his career this week. Um, 500 home runs, he got 501 now. I mean, his 14 seasons aren't all about his home runs. He's got four batting titles, two triple crowns, a back-to-back MVP, um, or two RBI crowns, I'm sorry, back-to-back MVPs, and he got the triple crown back in 2012. So pretty sure he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Media loves him. Everybody loves him. And, of course, he won't be a unanimous Hall of Famer for a simple reason. No New York Yankee has, meaning Rivera and Jeter weren't. So that means New York Yankee writers are going to be little babies and not vote him in. But he'll still get in first ballot, period. Here's the American League standings, uh, American National League standings. And, again, I'm kind of compressed on one page here. Just to bring up a point on some of the stats on it. You see there, uh, the Rays are up. Uh, Yankees holding pretty good. Red Sox, where are the Red Sox? White Sox leading in the Central. Indians are up to 500. Congratulations. And the Astros and A's down in the West. Now, if you look at some of these teams, here's the stat I love looking at. Unless you're the 87 or 91 Twins, your road record means a lot in the playoffs. Look at the White Sox. They're 32 and 32 away from home. They won't do well in the playoffs. Pretty sure they'll be a one and done. Um, but then again, you look at Tempe, 39 and 25 on the road. Like 39 wins on the road, 41 at home. Incredible. You know, um, the Astros, 35 and 27 on the road, 35 and 28 for Oakland. Those are the teams that make the playoffs. Those who do well on the road. So you just, that's very important. You see the White Sox at 32 and 32. Kind of makes you question their playoff lives. Nationally, look at the Braves, 37 and 27 on the road, a game above 500 at home. That's rare. I mean, it's not that rare to have a better road record than home, but to do it and be in first place by five and a half games, that's that's a pretty good team right there. Um, that's what's killing the Mets this year, 25 and 40 on the road. You don't win divisions playing that poorly on the road. Um, we'll get back to the Mets later, though. Milwaukee, 20 games up, above 500 away from home. And they got a better road record than home. And they're doing good at home, too, don't get me wrong, but doing better on the road. And that's basically the difference between them and Cincinnati right now. Both of them, 36 and 29 at home. Milwaukee's 42 and 22 away. Cincinnati's 35 and 30. That's how you win divisions. The Giants, 41 and 26 on the road, 42 and 19 at home. That's how you win divisions. Padres, you're 28 and 32 on the road. That's why you fell out of the playoffs. Just saying. So that's that. There's our standings. Like I said, the Reds are still in the playoffs right now. Life is good. Speaking of the Mets, here's a stat that uh, SNY put up 30 teams in baseball, remember. This year, the Mets are 30th in at-bats, 29th in hits, runs, RBIs, doubles, total bases. Uh, They stink offensively, okay? And their pitching has been in a shambles, but they held their own pitching, carried them. 
So uh, everybody kept saying they'll trade deadline. Oh, the Mets need a closer. The Mets need pitching. The Mets need pitching. These numbers right here tell you they don't need pitching, boys and girls. They need bats. Um, they've had a throw-together lineup. I love all those guys in the lineup. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them got to go. They need to redo this lineup next year. Javi Baez at second. Lindor coming back next year are going to be good. Pete Alonso at first. Solid first baseman. Typical first baseman. He's going to hit 40 home runs, bat 260. That's going to be your first baseman accepted. Outfield, they could use some help. They got good outfielders, but they're all a bunch of 220 hitters, 230 hitters. You could have one of those in the outfield, not all three. Uh, they're, they're okay at catcher, third base, okay. But the Mets need some offensive help bad. That's why they're looking at Chris Bryant so bad for the guy Baez, because Bryant could play third or outfield. So if the Mets hit the free agent market hard, salary cap or not, they will because they need batting so much. Andy. Yes. Question. Yes. I think I remember you saying at the beginning of the season, the Mets have such good pitching, not good hitting, that they're going to win a lot of games three to two, two to one. Yep. I think that was your prediction before yep. the season started, a lot of those games, because the offense is lacking. But the yes. pitching was uh, on paper so good that they were going to win a bunch of their games that way uh, in the low scoring games. Is that yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, with that said, I hate to say this, but I don't think Syndergaard will be there next year. Um, not because it was Tommy John, but because of the dollars. They need to get some sticks. So we'll see. I hope, hopefully Syndergaard's back. Hopefully the ground will be back. Um, while the pitcher guys will be back, Strowman might be uh, tradable. Who knows? They got some good young pitching in the in the minors, but they need bats bad. Uh, here's their one stat of the week: Albert Pujols hit uh, first inning home run off Rich Hill, first first against Hill since August 17th of 2007, a gap of 14 years and four days. It's the third longest span in home runs between individual pitcher batter matchups. Of course, Bartolo Colon was involved, so we had to mention it. Carlos Beltran and Bartolo Colon went 15 years, 313 days, and Barry Bonds and Jesse Orozco went 14 years and 69 days between home runs. The Mets' last 13 games were 2-13, and and they were playing the Dodgers and Giants in those games. Like I said before, when that stretch started, you need to beat the good teams to win. They didn't, hence they're 8.5 out in first place and not going to make the playoffs right now. But when it's bad, it's good. The next 13 are against Washington and Miami. So they can go 11 and 2. They're off to an 0 and 1 start after last night. They go 11 and 2 and reverse this. Get themselves all feeling good. Feel, you know, motivation's your next day starter. They could pick it up and go 11 and 2, 10 and 3 against these teams in the next 13 games. Maybe. Not holding my breath, but I'm trying to be positive here. The local club, there's their leader in all their offensive categories. I think it's kind of a one-man show right now on the team. When you see something like this, you're kind of just keeping everybody healthy for next year. Not a rip on them. Smart move. You're playing other guys, see who could fit in where, everything else. This is a little rip on Polanco saying he's not that good. I'm just saying you're the star right now. You're the one everyone's going to look at. Do good now. And make that cake because it's going to look good in your contract. You could say, 
but I led the team in all these categories. So hopefully he keeps it up. It's good for his confidence that he's leading the team in all these categories. So it can only help him for next year. Uh, look at the Twins' schedule. they got a makeup game throwing in this homestand next week. they got to go to Detroit for a makeup game. So they're home this week against Milwaukee. They go Monday to Detroit and then come back to place the Cubs. Stupid. Speaking of stupid, looking ahead to their schedule in September, they got Kansas City home, go to New York for a makeup game, which, yes, they should make up that game. The Yankees are in playoff contention. They need their games in. Then they come back home. Then they're off Thursday, and they're going to be in Toronto. Why not just play Thursday in New York and then up to Toronto? That part I don't get. But because you're here, an afternoon game Sunday, Monday in New York for an afternoon game, then come back for a doubleheader. Not a smart move on Major League Baseball's scheduling committee. Now, I don't know what the Yankees schedule is Thursday. I didn't look it up. But there's a way they should have figured that out better. Um, that's just me. Do we need to play two against Cleveland? I mean, we're not doing well. Cleveland's not doing well. Can that doubleheader be moved to Wednesday maybe? That's just my point. Which brings me to my soapbox. Um, we push our social, social media sites here very much. Uh, we love our social media. You can't believe everything on social media. When you're Alan Page, you should be able to trust him. He tried to get his Twitter account verified, and they said he's not notable. Hall of Fame member, Minnesota Supreme Court Justice. Um, he got the presidential medal a few years ago. And when he applied to get the little blue check mark by his name on Twitter, no, he doesn't meet the criteria. But how many of these athletes and musicians out there who lead what kind of God-known lifestyle, uh, they're, they're notable, they're quite credible. Alan Page isn't. Uh, I think I know why. My yeah. guess. Uh, question, Andy. Yes. I just found this out, but my nephew is playing on a football team this fall with Alan Page's grandson. Really? Yeah. His, uh, and, uh, and they say uh, Mr. Page himself shows up to some of the games. So uh, I may have to take that in, but it's very interesting. I just saw that. I didn't uh, know that, but uh, I've never heard a bad word said about the man. No, very good, very good. But I think the reason he's not getting that low blue check mark, my opinion, I'm not a big cons- conspiracy guy like some people are on the show. I bet you he's a Republican. That's probably why. Just saying. Uh, schedule, concert schedule, Medina, September the 10th. Blues of Palooza, lots of blues music there that night for those of you who are fans of that. Friday the 17th, Hype with Heartless opening up, and then the Funky Brew Medina Beer Festival the 18th. The 24th, rescheduled from back when COVID started, Beatles versus Stones cover bands. That should be fun. Speaking of the Stones, leads me to my person of the week. Usually I don't have this in the music segment. I kind of put it at the beginning, but... Because of it, Charlie Watts, drummer of the Stones, passed away this week. Not a big Stones guy. I, I like the Stones. I don't think they're the greatest thing in the world like some people do. I'm one of the few people who are like, eh, Stones are all right. Some people either love them or hate them. I'm one of those few who can play on cool, if not, whatever. The thing I always remember, from as far back as I can remember watching Charlie Watts on drums, 
he was so laid back sitting back there, just so casual. Mick's bouncing around doing his thing. Keith Richards is doing his thing. Charlie's just back there playing the drums, whole hum, kind of like with the look on his face like, did I shut the garage door before I left the house? Just totally in his own little world back there. Mick's bouncing around like Mick does and everybody else is doing his thing. Charlie's just back there going to town. Um, kind of like an Alan Page. All the things that come out about Charlie today and before. Never heard a bad word about him. He was 80 years old. I passed away. He was not feeling well. The Stones do have a backup drummer. They had something in place because of his health before and he wasn't feeling good. Uh, so the Stones little tour is still going on right now. I'm um, sure there'll be a lot of memories for Charlie on there. You can see a lot of bands uh, doing covers. If you listen to classic rock stations this week, they've been playing a lot of extra Stone songs this week. So it's been kind of cool. So that's that on Charlie Watts. And one other music note to bring up here for you, sir, as we're talking in our production meeting, is uh, there you are. Um, Paul Stanley, a kiss has been come, come down with the COVID. Uh, kiss has been very careful on their tour this year, isolating and bubbling and everybody in the whole staff had shots and this and that. Uh, I follow Paul Stanley on the social media. He bikes 26 miles a day, either on a stationary bike or when he's at home, he's on his little bicycle. He's got a little helmet on with his long hair flowing through it. So it looks kind of funny, but you know, Paul goes out there. Healthy guy. They're all fairly healthy people. He's still got it. So their show this one week got canceled. I don't know if this weekend shows up. Uh, he said, and they said his statement, and also the band put a statement out. He was feeling kind of bad, flu-like, still testing negative. Finally, the test came positive. Everybody else is still negative. Paul Stanley's 69 years old. Gina, I can't remember who's old. Gina's got to be with, around that within a year or two. They're about the same age. Um, I won't be surprised if this is their what, fourth straight year of their finals tour. I don't know. <laughs> they're been doing their farewell tour for a while now. Um, they'll make up the dates. They don't, they don't rat on their fans very much. But if they take a few weeks off, make sure everybody's healthy. Don't be surprised. Don't take it personally. A lot of bands are doing that right now too. They'll come back. A lot of people came in head first in the deep end, tried to, Hey, we want concerts. We want everybody to be normal. Say someone just got the flu. They cancel a couple shows and rebuild it. Everybody's fine and no one says boo about it. That's kind of what this is. You got to take it that way. So just, yeah, I got kiss tickets. Keep an eye open for that. Um, I'm sure he's going to be fine, healthy. He's not, he was not in ICU. Some reports came out said he was in ICU. He came out on his Twitter. No, I'm not in the ICU. <laughs> so, again, I'm um, the media says something's wrong with the guy. Go check his social media page first and see what he says because they'll come out and straighten it out or the bands. Um, so that's what I got there. Like I said, Canadian football will follow up more this week. All more next week and if they uh, make up that game or not. Like I said, there's an odd number of teams in Canada. So there's always one team off all the time. So there's not like there's they could both have the same bye week to make it up. So I don't know how they're going to handle this. They have not made an official statement as of this morning. If uh, that game's going to be considered a forfeit, one nothing game or not. Um, one other thing about the Mets. Uh, Syndergaard has been throwing on the side. 
DeGrom has been throwing with no pain. I still don't think DeGrom's coming back. Syndergaard will for a rehab or for a bullpen, mostly because it's a contract year. And uh, that's where they're going. Javi Baez had a good game the other day. Uh, Pete Alonso's doing well, batting. So I don't think they'll get rid of Alonso. Uh, they just dropped all the money in the door and they traded for Baez. And the way those two get along, you want chemistry on your team. So I, those three will stay. Everybody else, I wouldn't renew your uh, lease at your apartment if I was you. That's just my opinion as far as the Mets go. Uh, Pitching-wise, they'll probably keep a few guys there. Okay, who all comes back? Stroman, I'd check my lease if I was you too, just in case. And he's a good pitcher, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they might need to free up some dollars to get some free agents in. We'll go from there. Uh, I know Josh Donaldson's name came up to the Mets in a trade. I don't see him going there. Um, he'd want too much money, and they've spent too much. So they won't get a superstar, but they might pick, like, one of the third third best player from Arizona. You know, the, the low the teams who aren't doing well who might be, hey, we got to get rid of this guy, they might pick him up for a song because they're rebuilding. The team's rebuilding, got to get rid of the big dollar guy. They'll get him at a discount. That's the players the Mets are going after. Twins, like we said before, I think this is just – a year where everything just went wrong. They'll be fine next year. Uh, Louis Reyes of the Mets, so there is talk. Fans want him fired. I don't know. I, I say give him another year. Uh, you got rid of Chili Davis at the beginning of the year because of the thing. So Chili Dog's gone. Pitching's fine. Making too many managerial changes isn't good on a team either. Um, yeah, I know they're all professionals. They're all veterans, but they want to keep the same management there for a while. Everybody knows that, man. So I think Rayoff will be okay there. I think uh, coach here in town is okay. They'll be fine. Um, high school sports have started. We fall in that more often now. Um, page two might become more high school orientated. No offense to the other sports, but uh, the volleyball, the soccer, um, the other winter sports when they get started, we'll have more preseason stuff on that on the page two part. Um, games, <clears throat> the one thing in high school football right now, they don't have a lot of refs. So all the refs are the 70, 60, 70 year old guys who don't want to do this anymore because of COVID or they got out of it last year and realized that, Hey, spending time with the grandkids is pretty fun. They don't want to do high school football roughing anymore. If you want to rough high school football, call the high school league. They're looking for guys and gals to rough games. So you might see games spread out even Wednesday night games, Saturday games, just because these refs have to do two, three games a week now. So they got to spread the games out. So you'll see some of the games there. Follow your high school team's schedule. Watch that. Uh, don't scratch your head and go, Wednesday, that must be a misprint. They really play Friday. No, it could be a Wednesday game. So keep an eye on that. We'll follow that. And that goes for all high school sports, not only football, but all of them. might be uh, jumbled up like that. So we'll see. But that's what I got for sports, sir. How about you for uh, local baseball news? Local baseball. Well, the Twins are currently, I believe, the eighth worst team in Major League Baseball. They've been hovering at that mark, fifth worst, sixth worst, seventh worst, eighth. They're hovering in there. Regardless, they'll be getting a top ten pick, I believe, uh, yeah. for next year's draft. So that's that's the one bright side. Miguel Sano hit a home run this week, 495 feet in Fenway Park to deep left center field. 
they've marked that as the longest home run in the majors this season. So as far as the team struggling, that's all fair, but there's always some that spots. That helped move his average above 210, too. Yes. He's right now, yes. Yes, it yes, it did. So that's uh that's fun to watch. I was gonna bring up the the odd twin scheduling coming up this week. You covered yeah. that, uh, but I think that's noteworthy in itself, just the fact that you've got a homestand um, and then you're flying out and coming back to resume the homestand yeah. kind of defeats the purpose, but <clears throat> I understand the Yankees one because the Yankees are a playoff contender, but the Detroit game, you really have to make that one up. It's, it's interesting, but then they have it twice, you know, you got to leave yeah. a homestand, fly out um, to come back to the homestand to resume it. So that I think is very interesting. Uh, I've got some updates on Eddie Rosario, former twin traded to the Indians last year and now traded this year to the Braves. Yep. He hadn't played yet. He hasn't played. Uh, there was an injury, a nagging injury that he had. Uh, they got that fixed, got that squared away. He did some rehab down in AAA and Rosario got active, activated to the active roster for the Braves um, yesterday. So I believe he'll be used as a fourth outfielder, a rotation kind of a, kind of a guy there for the Braves, like a Jake Cave for the Twins. But he's getting a lot of work in center field, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, we may see him in center field, but look for the Braves. American League East leading Braves. And Rosario could have a major impact on that team coming back. Uh, good hitter. Always was good. Good defensively. So look for Eddie Rosario's name. He's going to be wearing number eight for the Braves uh, as he comes back. Hey, I'm going to interrupt here real quick. I just looked up the Yankees' schedule about the Twins' makeup game. The Yankees are playing that Thursday, so they, that's why the Twins couldn't do that. I see. So uh, that puts the Yankees at 14, 18, a stretch of 20 straight games that Twins make-up game in there. So that's a good stretch for the Yankees there, but that is why. Um, so that is why the Twins are doing a Monday, not the Thursday. Because it works for us, but not them. But, yes, the Yankees are have a big stretch in September there, too. They need those games made up. They're important games for them in the playoffs. So, And I made a, a tweet on our account, uh, on our on our Twitter account yesterday about the Brewers having the most wins on the road in all of Major League Baseball. And the fact is they're coming here to Target Field for a weekend series. Enough, the Twins shut them out 2 nothing last night. Uh, and so we'll see how that goes. Brewers are tough on the road, so uh, don't expect a Twins sweep by any means here. No. This weekend. Uh, they are tough. And... 35 and over baseball in the, in Minnesota is done. Now, that being said, there is a thing called the World Series that's going on today. World Series, top four teams in both of the uh, leagues here in the state of Minnesota. They play each other uh, in, a, in a single elimination bracket today down in Jordan at the Minimet. And then uh, semifinals and finals tomorrow to determine the true champion. So over 35 is still going on. I covered this on a preview on my midweek show to go over this because this is it's new. It's only the second year they've done it. It's kind of confusing, so I so I, I spelled that out for the over thirty five fans out there uh, to make it a little more easier to understand on the on the midweek show. Now, amateur baseball went to the game last night. Wakonia ranked number one in the state. They won three zero, but I think there was five hundred sixty no six hundred fifty fans at the game last night for that state tournament second round game. A lot of fans they're bringing in for these for these sites in Hamburg. Chaska and Waconia, very well done, very nicely set up. Now, Class A is done. That was done uh, last week, so all we have left is B and C. 
Class B, just to clarify, they're down to the final eight teams, Elite, elite Eight. Uh, today, they'll wrap up the next round into the final four. These are single elimination games. You lose, you're done. The next round, you win today's games. Um, you go in now to a double elimination bracket. So the final four, it'll turn into a double elimination bracket here the rest of this weekend and Labor Day weekend for Class D. That, those are always some good games. Now, Class C, they went, they're in the round of 32 right now. This weekend's games will flush all that out to the Sweet 16. And so Labor Day weekend, there's going to be Sweet 16, single elimination, Class C. Uh, they're going to dwindle all that down. Waconia last night won. Dumont won last night. Those are the first two teams in the Sweet 16. All the other teams will be determined the rest of the day today on Saturday and on Sunday. And this gets to be some good uh, and fun baseball to watch. Yeah. Very good. Now, we've been covering a lot of DRS here on the show, Andy, and Crow River. Interesting thing enough, interestingly enough, I should say, uh, those are the teams that I follow the most as far as amateur baseball because they're probably the t- two toughest leagues in the state of Minnesota, I believe. The DRS went 0-3 the opening weekend. Out of four teams going to state, they all lost. Now, St. Patrick, on the other hand, got a bye. They played today at 11 a.m., uh, and many people have them picked to go to the finals, if not win the whole thing. So that'll be the saving grace there for the DRS League. The others all got bounced after one game. Like I said, single elimination. Conversely, the Crow River teams are right now sitting at a 4-0 record. You come from the Crow River Valley League, the four teams that went to state, all of them won their first-round games. Uh, and they're good. good. Good ball teams in there. The rest of them will play here today and tomorrow. Waconia already won last night. So look for Carver, Young America, and Watertown um, to do well. I don't imagine all those guys losing um, the next round, but uh, you've got to expect a team or two to, to, uh, to possibly lose here this weekend. But they're tough. They're putting on a good show so far. So these, those games should be good, B and uh, C. After the weekend uh, – after this weekend's games, we're down to Labor Day weekend, and only the strong uh, survive that'll even get that far. So the yep. 16 plus the four, 20 teams left playing baseball after this weekend concludes. All the other teams are done uh, for the season. Now, I've got a trivia answer, Andy. I got a guess. Okay, before you give the answer, repeat the question again, please. The question is, Chris Sale this week, the starting pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, uh, threw an immaculate inning against the Twins this week, meaning throwing nine pitches in an inning, striking out three players on three pitches each. Three, six, nine, immaculate inning. Not only is that impressive, but that's the third time he's done that in his career. Third. Now, he only tied a major league record because someone else already has that distinction. The question is, name the pitcher who already has that, that he tied the record with. Kevin Brown. <clears throat> Kevin Brown. <clears throat> Good pick. Because that, he had that three-year right it's, it's, it's the answer, Sandy Koufax, Dodgers. Oh, wow. Also did it three times. And this was back, uh, he would have done this last in the 60s. So that record, that's been a long time out there, well, many decades before Chris Sale tied that here this week. Three now, reading something about that on the Twins page about that, uh, just now, 
This is the first time the Twins have been involved in something like that, either pitching it or having it done to them. Really? First time ever. Okay. The only other team that has not had that happen either way, the Texas Rangers. Never been involved, either good or bad, in immaculate inning. That is on Kevin Brown. They had Nolan Ryan. They had guys that could have done it. Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. All right, so that's what I've got for sports. It's going to be fun here with, like you said, high school kicking into high gear. Amateur tournament will be winding down for baseball. Uh, twins, major league playoff push races will be good. NFL, Vikings got beat 28-25 to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead last night. Preseason will be done here this weekend. I believe they've got a week off, and then everything kicks into high gear to a brand-new 17-week schedule mm-hmm. um, after yeah. Labor Day. So that will be uh, that'll be very interesting. We'll be covering uh, more football here going forward, in addition to the Canadian. Kind of, kind of curious how many NFL teams will take a a relief pitcher attitude, if you will, the first couple of weeks. Well, if the starting quarterback's doing well, do you pull him? Let the other guy get some more reps in. How are they going to handle that? That'd be kind of interesting to see. It's it's all new. It's it's very interesting. Uh, how are they going to do this? Because a lot of these guys didn't ever play it in the preseason games, whereas in the past. They'd play a little in a couple of games and maybe a lot more in the third and not at all in the fourth or whatever. But Now, you did some traveling this weekend, so you had a lot of time to uh, listen to different music in the car. What album did you have this week going? Well, I picked for the album of the week, Rebel Yell, the second studio album by English rock singer Billy Idol. Album of the week. We haven't done a, a Billy Idol album before it's a second uh, studio released we did or not we talked about earlier i couldn't remember if we did or not but yeah billy idol Very november nice. 1983 this this uh, album came out like i said the second one and um he continued his collaboration with producer keith forsey and multi-instrumentalist steven steve stevens uh, the album was recorded at electric lady studios in new york now they didn't have drums at first they didn't have a drummer in the band and they were going to go with more uh, synthesizers uh, drum machines i guess um but forcey and stevens later decided to hire tommy price to play drums on some of the uh some of the songs here musically rebel yell is a rock album with a strong influence of new wave music i don't got the idea to name the album rebel yell after attending a party with the Rolling Stones. He explained on VH1 Storytellers that people were drinking Rebel Yell Bourbon and thought it would be a great title for an album, Rebel Yell Bourbon. So interesting enough, uh, this is 30, uh, album is 38 minutes, 10 seconds long. It's considered hard rock or new wave, recorded 1983. Upon its release, Rebel Yell received positive reviews from critics and was a commercial success. In the United States, it peaked at number six on the Billboard 200. Also peaked into the top 10 in other countries such as Canada, Germany, and New Zealand. Uh, Certified double platinum in the U.S. Four singles were released from the album. The accompanying music videos for all singles received heavy airplay on television channel MTV, So, of course, they had uh, good airplay. Uh, And at the time, there were very good videos as well from Mr. Billy Idol. Right, yep. 
here's the title track, uh, the track listing, Rebel Yelp, song one, song two, Daytime Drama, song three, Eyes Without a Face, song four, Blue Highway, song five, Flesh for Fantasy, and then song six, Catch My Fall, song seven, Crank Call, eight, Do Not Stand in the Shadows, and song nine, The Dead Next Door. Now, the, the music video in Rebel Yell, if you look closely in the front row at the concert where he's playing uh, this live concert, in the front row is longtime girlfriend Perry Lister. She's uh, in the front row of that album uh, on that music video. Sorry. His longtime girlfriend. Personnel, Billy Idol, guitar and vocals, Steve Stevens. Plays lead, bass, synthesizer, guitar synthesizer, and keyboards. And I guess that's the uh, true definition of multi-instrumentalist. Yes. Steve Webster is on bass. Judy Dozier, keyboards, and Tommy Price, like we said, on the drums. Now, the interesting thing is here, I've only got one good story uh, on this album, is the... Title track was recorded in only three days at Electric Light Studios in New York City, but Idol was battling the, the record company, Chrysalis Records, over creative control of the album. So he's battling for creative control, and he decided to steal the master tapes. Billy <laughs> Idol, I'm going to go in and steal the master tapes. Billy Idol gets it? Billy Idol comes out Billy and says, I've got them. Well, of course, he stated in an inter- interview with Mix Magazine that Idol stole the wrong tapes. <laughs> this, is, this is very 1980s rock music. It's awesome. So Idol battled the label and returned the studio and the uh, returned to the studio victorious. Won, won the rights to the tapes. Of course, he then informed him that he had taken the wrong tapes. So, uh, Billy Idol. They were going and back he, and forth with all this, all this nonsense. And of course, the music videos uh, were good. His girlfriend's in the front row of the one, uh, Rebel Yell. And so he released Rebel Yell first, then Eyes Without a Face second, Flesh for Fantasy. Very yep. good song. Very good song. And finally, the little known Catch My Fall. That's an okay song. That, that's, it's kind of a, I wouldn't call it a throwaway. It's maybe better than a throwaway, but it probably didn't need to release that. The three that he released were very good songs uh, of the nine. Um, but this was 1983. Good stuff. See, that's what I've always said before on these albums. We go through them. Don't release more than three songs from an album because you get bad rap after that. Very rarely does a group have four songs come off that, that are good. Stand- and these good. Good in the rankings, you know. These three were good, and he could have, he could have stopped it after that. It still would have went um, uh, double platinum or maybe more, but uh, Billy Idol, 1983, Chrysalis Steve, Records. Steve Stevens, very underrated guitarist. Yes. I've really enjoyed his work. Uh, Billy did some stuff recently, did some acoustic stuff. Steve's out there. Uh, Steve kept Aquanet financed himself. The hairspray, he had the big poofy hair. Billy had the, the gelled hair. Um, like we talked beforehand, I think Steve Stevens would have got more credit if it would have been a band name instead of Billy Idol. We used Poison, for example. If they would have gone by Brett Michaels, 
no one would know what a dick C.C. DeVille really is. But since it was a band name, he followed everybody in the band. Therefore, he found out C.C.'s demons and what a jerk he really was. Yeah, he's, everybody makes, does bad things, comes around, but for a time, he was a real jerk and no one liked him. But if it was Brett Michaels, you'd never hear about that. If it was the band went by just his name. But you went by a band name, everybody hears about it. Kind of like Kiss. If it was this Paul Stanley, all the riffraff with, with Ace Fraley and Peter Chris, we'd never hear those stories. But when you go by a band name, you're going to hear them. And so Steve got bad credit, or didn't get the credit he deserved, I should say, because it was an individual name. Now, now, did Billy Idol uh, kind of copy the Sid Vicious? He was from that genre. It was kind of a... Kind of a copy? Yeah, it was... The look and the was feel? It, was it punk? Was it rock? Billy Idol kind of took that punk from Sid and heavy metal and kind of merged it because, you know, eyes out of face and some of that. They're kind of ballads. You don't hear Sid Vicious doing ballads, you know? So it kind of did both. Bill Edel's always been kind of, a, I don't want to say media darling, but MTV loved him. You know, he's been in some movies, he's done some commercials. He did, like we said a few weeks ago, he's got a new album out now. He still looks good, still sounds good. He's kept himself clean, doesn't do, doesn't say stupid stuff in the media. You know, he's played it very well. Um, yeah, I, I, I call him heavy metal. No, but I wouldn't call him punk either. You know, he's kind of somewhere in between. Hard rock. Hard now, he rock. does like to do most, if not all, of his videos topless. Yes. He likes being uh, not wearing any shirt. He loves to show off his body, but that was a part of the Billy Idol persona, right? Him and Phil Collins, a guitarist from Def Leppard. Neither yes. one of them ever wore a shirt. Never, Never like wearing shirts. No, no. Unlike this show where we request a shirt. We have a lot of requests to keep mine. Don't want to see this without a shirt. Don't see no. guys in their 50s. No, without a No. Well, Unless you're built like Phil Collins or Idol. Exactly. That's what I've got for uh, music. That's what I've got for sports. Um, but we'll keep you posted on Andy's midweek show. My midweek show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, YouTube, subscribe, and the Facebook page. Yes. Thank you. Anything else? That's all I got. Just some post-production notes uh, off, off air for you, and that's about it. Awesome. All right, everyone, have a good week. See ya.